Hello and welcome to the podcast from Holy Trinity Westerhales. We're delighted that you've joined us for this week's podcast and pray that you would be blessed through it. Well, let's, uh, as we come to um, God's Word, let's just bow our heads and ask for His help. We're promised the Helper, the Holy Spirit. Lord, Your Word is so precious to us. It's been our guide, a light for our path at so many times in our lives. And Lord, we need your guidance. We need your, that path laid out before us today. And so, Lord, would you come and open our minds and our hearts, our ears, to hear what you would have to say to each one of us, Lord, because you, you have a word for us. You're the speaking God. Speak into our lives today so that we might go from this place ready to run the race that you've set out before us. Lord, we love you. And so we pray that the speaker would decrease so that Jesus Christ of Nazareth would increase, for we ask it in his holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, as you know, we've, uh, we've spent the, the past couple of months looking at Hebrews 11 and these great heroes of the faith. And uh, one of the things that we learn about faith is that, that faith is not marked by success or failure. Because these guys that we read about, they, some of them were tremendously successful. Some of them, uh, they conquered kingdoms, and it says they shut the mouths of, of, of lions, that they receive what was promised. But other heroes of the faith, they were imprisoned, or they were tortured, or they were, uh, they, had, they were beheaded. And they were persecuted, and they went through all these things. So the mark and the sign of faith is not success or failure. The sign of faith is endurance. It's that you keep going to the end. It's that when you come to the end of your life, you're still trusting in Jesus. Because this is what marked all of them out. It says in, uh, in Hebrews 11, it says all of these, even though there were times when they messed up, it says all of these were living by faith when they died. The sign of faith is endurance. And so we read in Hebrews chapter 12, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus redefines what it means to be a true hero. We read about these heroes of the faith, but now we're going to turn to Jesus and we realize he redefines what the idea of a true hero is. If you were growing up as a young Christian hearing these words... Your heroes were great warriors. They were people with muscles on their muscles. They were people who would just tread on anyone who got in their way, who would conquer uh, heroes, generals in the army. Caesars were the heroes. Emperors were the heroes. But something has changed over the past 2,000 years. 
I don't think we regard people like that as heroes anymore. I'm not sure there's many people who go around thinking Vladimir Putin is a hero nowadays. Because Jesus has redefined what we regard as heroic. And so you're now much more likely to hear somebody regard someone who, like a, like a firefighter who rushes into the burning blaze to save a family. Or the mum who sacrifices her own comfort in order to provide for a, for a child. Or the missionary who has given up a successful career to go and serve the poor in Cal- Calcutta or Kowloon. These are the people we regard as true heroes nowadays. They're saviors, not dictators. So we regard saviors as heroes. And that's exactly what Jesus has done for us. It says, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. He went all the way to the cross for you and for me. He went all the way to the cross for your sin and my sin. He went to the cross for love of you and for joy, it says, because one of heaven's greatest joys is to see a sinner come to repentance and be saved. There's rejoicing in heaven. The angels are partying in heaven when someone comes to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and Jesus goes all the way to the cross and he endures the the cross because the true sign of faith, true faith, is not success or failure, it's endurance, going all the way. And that's what Jesus did. He went all the way. And now here in Hebrews chapter 12, we're told, now there's all these great heroes of the faith, but now the baton is getting passed to you. Now you're going to run your race. Now you're going to run the race with perseverance, with endurance, The race marked out for you. God has marked out a race for you. God's given you a lane. And he wants you to run. That's what he wants for each and every one. He wants for me. He He wants you to run the race of faith. And if you're going to run that race of faith, you're going to run any race, you're going to have to get rid of some baggage. You're going to have to get rid of some of the things that are going to hinder you or trip you up. And that's why we read there, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. During the February break there, uh, I took the family uh, to Dundee, very fancy me, and uh, we went on the Discovery ship. Have you ever seen the Discovery ship there on, on the Dundee port? And we went on the Discovery ship and you can read about Wonderful, heroic tales of that discovery ship going on these amazing trips to Antarctica and discovering places nobody had ever been before and Captain Scott and all all these famous tales that you've probably heard of. I was also interested in the tales of failure as well. And there was one tale about uh, the, the, the Franklin mission. And that was going to, uh, not to Antarctica, but to, Ar- to the Arctic. And Lord Franklin had commissioned this boat and off they'd gone to get to the North Pole, and they thought this would be great, and these were these heroic explorers, and, and suddenly they found that their whole ship was encased in ice. It wasn't going anywhere. And they've only taken a very small amount of coal extra, and it's looking pretty dangerous for them. So 
Lord, um, the Lord who had uh, commissioned this, he dies while they're on the ship. And so they decide we're going out to go and find help. And so they all set out in their sleds and they all died. And you know what's really sad is that when they sent a search party out to find them, they found the sleds loaded to the gills with the silver cutlery and the crystal goblets from the ship. And I was thinking about that, and it came to mind as I was preparing this sermon. I was remembering the story and going, wait a minute. Isn't that what we can be like in our lives? We can weigh ourselves down with possessions and with this world's concerns, and it just trips us up. Useless to us if we're dead. They, they also find lots of tobacco on it there. We can weigh ourselves down with, with bad habits, can't we? Things that are just going to hinder us, trip us up. And so that's why it says there, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Just throw it off you. You don't need it. You certainly don't need all these things when you're dead. And let's run with perseverance, with endurance, the race that's been marked out for us. God has marked out a race for you. He's got a plan for your life. Maybe you're saying, Ian, but I don't see it right now. It's all a bit misty right now. I can't, I can't, I can't see the way ahead. I, I don't see what God's plan is for me. Well, here's the good news. You don't have to see the plan. You just need to put your eyes on Jesus. That's what you're called to do in the scriptures. He says, you don't have to see the beginning from the end. You don't need to know exactly where the lane that God's taking you in. All of us get off track at times, don't we? And uh, every one of these heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11, they all got off track. Every single, they're all heroes, supposedly, and they're all messed up. They get off track. How do you get back on track? You fix your eyes on Jesus. You don't start looking at your feet. You certainly don't start looking at everybody else around you and how they're doing and comparing yourselves to them. Um, uh, I don't know if I told you the, the story before of when I, was, uh, when I was about nine and I was competing in a swimming competition. And the only time my parents ever came to watch me in a sporting competition was this time. I, was, I think I was, I was in the BBs, the boys' brigade, and I was competing, I was doing the breaststroke. And so apparently, and I don't have much recollection of this, I remember it happened, and I went to the swim meet, and the starter started us, and I dived in, and I started swimming for all my might, and I was doing pretty well, apparently. And then in the gallery, I noticed my mum and dad. And apparently, I started waving. <laughs> in the middle, of the, the middle of the race. And... My parents started waving back. They didn't really start waving back. I thought they were waving back. What they were saying was, get going and get down to, get down to the end. And I, I'm waving away, just so happy to see my parents. And, and We're not to be looking at those round about us. We're to fix our eyes on Jesus. Don't be worrying about what somebody else is doing. I can so mess up Christians' lives. Oh, look what he's supposed to be a Christian, and look what he's doing. Get your eyes off them. Get your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Get looking to Jesus. He's going to get you right on, on the right track <laughs> once again. 
Now, even as I tell you that story about me doing the, the swim meet, it's quite a funny story, but it might give you a wrong impression about these verses because we read there right at the beginning, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And for a long, long time, and I think I've preached on this before in the past, you know, for a long, long time, I had this picture of, yeah, we're, we're running our race, and it's like we're in this great stadium, and all the heroes of the faith, and everyone who's gone before us, they're all looking at us now, and they're all cheering us on, and they're watching us now. But I want to tell you that the Bible nowhere tells us that those who are now in glory in heaven are looking down on us right now. <laughs> you hear it all the time, don't you? You, you, hear, you hear people say, people say, somebody passes away, and they'll say something like, she's looking down on us now, smiling. But just think about that for a moment. It might be comforting at the beginning, and then you start thinking about it a bit more and thinking, that is a bit creepy. <laughs> Have you ever, if you've ever watched the um, Christian comedian Milton Jones, he does all these one-liners. He's always talking about his grandfathers. He's got thousands of grandfathers because he's got thousands of jokes. And, and he, just, he, he just made this joke about, about his, he says, he, says my, he always calls them his other grandfather. My other, my other grandfather, he said, was a, a peeping Tom. He used to drill holes in the ceiling upstairs from us so he could spy on us. But he passed away recently. But I like to think he's looking down on us now. This doesn't say we're surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. There is a word for that. It says we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And a cloud has a very different meaning. Uh, cloud is important in the Bible, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, remember how the people of God, how were they guided? They were guided by a pillar of cloud. So, so the cl a cloud can guide. In the New Testament, you maybe remember when Jesus, uh, after he was resurrected and he appears to everyone, and just before he's taken into heaven, they're all standing there and they're watching it. When they suddenly see Jesus going up, it must have been some sight, Jesus suddenly just raising up and he just goes up into the sky and, he, and it says a cloud hid, them, hid him from their sight. So a cloud guides and a cloud hides. Okay, the picture is not of everybody looking at you, <laughs> watching you. The picture is of a cloud of witnesses. A witness, it's, they're not witnesses of you. They are witnesses to you. When Jesus said to his disciples at that time, just before he got taken off, he said, you will be my witnesses in Samaria and Judea uh, and Jerusalem and into the whole world. You will be, he wasn't saying, he wasn't saying, I'm sending you out now, and you're going to be watching everybody else, was he? He was saying, you're going to testify to me. That's what witness meant. The word is martis in Greek. It mean, it mean, it's from we get the, the English word martyr. Someone who has, has suffered or died for their faith in Jesus Christ. He says, you will be my witnesses, and you're going to testify. You're going to preach. You're going to tell other people about me. And so all this cloud of witnesses here, they are testifying they are witnessing to us because they've gone before us and we are connected to them when we stay connected to God what do I mean by that um, I 
I've preached hundreds of sermons here at Holy Trinity, hundreds and hundreds of them. And the more, over the past maybe 10 years or so, all of those sermons are in something called the cloud. Okay? I have no idea what the cloud is. But I know this. I can be, I can be taking notes during the week and I just think of an illustration and, or I think of a, a testimony or something and I'll write it on my phone in my notes. And then I'll go home and I'll open my laptop and there it is on the screen. Now I've never written it on, and I'm, apparently it can do that because of the, the clouds. The cloud means that I can, I can access my sermons just straight away. As long as I stay, I'm connected to the internet, I can do that. My son was watching something on Netflix and I came into the living room and I said, son, it's time for the news. Get that off. <laughs> Don't you hate dads when they do that? Or that? And so he, would, he very dutifully turned, he turned off the TV, he turned off his Netflix thing, and then went over to a tablet, opened it, and there was his program exactly where he left it off on the TV. Exactly where he left off. Because apparently the cloud allows you to, allows you to do this, as long as you stay connected to the internet. Now here's the thing. As long as you stay connected to God and his word, you've got access to the testimony of all these heroes, true heroes of the faith, and they are witnessing to you. They're saying, keep going. You can do this. You're going to make it. Run your race because we've gone ahead of you. And sometimes we got off track as well. But you can get back on track through faith in Jesus Christ, through fixing your eyes upon Jesus as long as you stay connected to me and to his word. And so it's not that they're all watching us right now creepily. It's that they're all testifying, witnessing to you, telling you, keep going. Get your eyes on Jesus. Stop looking at everyone else. Run your race, the race that I've marked out for you. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before them endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We're to turn our eyes to Jesus, and, and something in particular here, we're to turn our eyes to the cross of Jesus Christ. And we're to consider that, Jesus enduring the cross. Because in case you didn't know, and in case there's any newbies out there, if you want to be a faithful Christian, if you want to put your faith in Jesus and run that race, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. In fact, I'm going to tell you the Greek word um, for race here in Hebrews. Do you know what it is? And it'll make you think of an English word. It's agona, which sounds like agony. Have you ever seen these marathon runners? And the Christian life is more like a marathon than a sprint. It's tough. You ever seen their faces? I mean, I've never wanted to do a marathon because I've seen their face. I've seen the agony. They look much happier when they cross the line. <laughs> eyes on the prize. Eyes on Jesus. But it's agony right now. 
there's pain. And agony is probably the best word I could use to describe Jesus. He goes, endures the cross, spat at, beaten with the 39 lashes, whipped, flogged. He's nailed to a cross, nails through his hands and through his feet. He's dragged through the streets and they throw him up on that cross, the soldiers there. In agony, in excruciating pain. In fact, that's what that word means, excruciate. It means from the, out the cross, excruciating pain. And to breathe when, when someone was crucified, they'd have to push against the nails just to be able to take a, take a breath. And this would go on for hours as in this instrument of torture that Jesus is enduring and he's doing it for you and he's doing it for me. He's experiencing the agony of punishment for sin. But more than that, he experiences the agony of separation from his father. The father turns away, you can't look on. He's holy, you can't look upon sin. And he's he experiencing what is hell, the separation from God. And on the cross, Jesus experiences what that is like. And he does it for you and he does it for me. It says, consider him who endured the horrors of the cross, who endured um, everything that sinful men could throw at him. And he says, do this so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Because Jesus, there's, all these heroes of the faith have gone before you. But here's the thing, Jesus has gone before you. And Jesus has made a way for you. And because he's actually crossed the line, and that line is the ultimate line, it's death itself. He's crossed over to death, risen again. He's alive and he's well. And he's saying, come on. You can cross this line too one day. And even death won't beat you. You don't even need to be afraid of death. The Bible says that one of the reasons the Son of Man appeared was to take away the fear of death. And he says, I want you to run. Run your race. Fixing your eyes on Jesus. Staying connected to me. I'm not going to say much more than that except we're going to bow our heads. And I want to ask you, are you running that race? Have you got off track? A couple of things to do if you've got off track. Put your eyes back on Jesus. Don't put your eyes on anyone else. Certainly don't put your eyes on the world. It has nothing for you. Put your eyes on Jesus. Say, Jesus, I want to follow you, but I don't know the way. Put your eyes on him. Maybe you feel you're somewhat, your faith is wavering. You're hearing about the great stories of faith, great faith, and you think, I don't have much of a faith. The Bible says faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. So maybe you're just going to open up the scriptures today. Maybe you haven't opened up the Bible at home for a wee while. Open it up for yourself Simple prayer, Holy Spirit, help me understand this. And it says, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you know you can get back on track straight away? Straight away when you come. Is there something holding you from running? Are you, is there a sin? A bad habit? 
you're obsessing over money in your head, and you feel you can't help it, bring it before Jesus right now, before his cross, lay it down there. Say, Jesus, I don't want anything hindering my, me running this race that you've marked out for me. Maybe you feel you've been a bit of a failure. And the Lord's just reminding you today that the mark of faith, the sign of faith, is not success. It's not failure either. It's endurance. It's keeping going. And if we need any encouragement to that, we look to Jesus and his cross and what he did for us, for the love of us on that cross. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the way you speak to us. Thank you for the way you encourage us on. Lord, set us free. Break the chains by the blood of Jesus Christ. And if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You will be able to run this race. You'll be released like cattle from the stall. That's what the prophet spoke about. You will leap and you will dance for joy. Lord, you can do this from the most desperate of situations. Grant us faith to believe you. And thank you, Jesus, that you're our true hero. Thank you that you have redefined what a true hero is. Thank you that you are a savior, one willing to put themselves in harm's way in order to rescue others. Thank you that you rescue us. We worship you. Hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen.